Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Good morning, Humanity. My name is Marla Neighbor, and I am our Connections Pastor here at Humanity Church. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us so we can get into this very important, very exciting conversation today. Lord, we need your freedom, and we need your purpose, and I pray that you would unleash a whole heck of a lot of it today, that you would just take what you've already done through worship, that you've... You have opened the heavens and you've poured something in that is new and we want more of it. And so I ask that we could see ourselves the way that you see us. God, give us this divine perspective that tears down the strongholds that would tell us that we are less than and would demolish the lies that tell us that we are greater than. We are a big mix of a lot of stuff, Lord, but we need you. That much I know. And so I pray that we could just hear your voice today so that we could turn towards life and have something new open up in our freedom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, You know, some people, some people might say that I'm competitive The people who know me well would say that. The people who don't know me as well probably wouldn't say that because I am the best at hiding it. I am the best at hiding it in uh, in public places you would never know. I remember when I was a kid, I used to uh, hang out in my driveway till late in the hours at night after the sun had gone down and I was playing basketball by the light of my, my driveway motion light sensor. And I would get on the line, I would do my motion, dribble, 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 spin, practice my free throws over and over and over again. And every time that I did that, I would have this fantasy in my mind where here we were, championship game, it's down to the last final seconds, the buzzer's about to go off, someone fouls me, and we're one point behind, and if I make these two free throw shots, we are in for the championship game. And every time I would play this fantasy out, if in reality I would actually miss the goal, then I would just start the fantasy over because (laughs) missing the goal doesn't actually compute with what I wanted to actually live out. And I wouldn't let myself go inside until I'd done at least 10 of those fantasies in a row, all two scored every time. If not, I had to start over. And that's the way I would play it out just so I could center myself into that image of me being the hero of my own story. And when I was even younger than that, before I got super serious about that fantasy basketball game, I used to play YMCA ball. Anyone, anyone ever played YMCA ball, have kids in it, where they're just like playing to have fun? but nobody tells them that winning is the most fun thing of all. And they're all just 
playing like it doesn't even count. And I remember being this young girl playing YMCA ball with my friends and having a few parents on the sidelines and whatnot. You know, somebody's dad's the coach. And I, at one point, someone tried to steal the ball away and it ended up in my hands. It just, right there, bam, in my hands. And I see this direct path to the goal. Nothing, no one between me and the goal. And I take off. I am hauling it. I am running as fast as I can. I'm focusing on my dribbling, making sure that I don't mess things up. I'm imagining that layup that's going to go right into the goal. And as I'm running, I can see this blur of people around me, you know, the faces, the names. I hear people yelling and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is my chance. This is my chance. And I have this like sinking feeling in my stomach and I just ignore it and I keep going. And then I go up for my layup. I hit perfectly on the backboard and I hear that swoosh, that beautiful swoosh sound land on my feet turn around, and it takes me half a second to look at the faces of my team members and to look at the faces of the other team members to know that I had just scored in the wrong goal. And I had this heat that started at my feet and rose up through my body and went up to my face and I had a beet red face and I just felt this wave of shame just pour over me. Ever been there? Sometimes I just, I feel like I just want to tell people I'm doing the best I can, you know? I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good daughter, trying to be a good friend, trying to be a good coworker, trying to be good at this life, trying to be a good civic person, know my politics and all of that. Just trying to, I'm just trying to do the best with what I can, but sometimes I feel like I'm just working against myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm unsure. I stop and get off the hamster wheel for a second, and I think, am I winning in life? Am I winning? I mean, I think I'm winning. And then I get off on this rabbit trail that leads to nowhere of comparison. That's very subjective. Like, well, I'm doing better than them, but I'm definitely not doing better than them. And I have no idea. Like, am I, am I winning? Am I winning? Am I winning at this thing called life? And sometimes I just prefer the fantasy. I just... I would just rather be the hero in my own story instead of facing the reality of whatever's actually going on there around me or what's actually going on inside me. But we need to see ourselves in certain ways sometimes because stopping and pausing and actually seeing ourselves as anything else just feels a little too dangerous. I'm the smart one. I'm the clumsy one. I'm the one who always is late. I'm the one who's the stable one. I'm the caretaker. I'm the rejected one. We just take on these labels instead of, instead of playing to win. We just start playing not to lose. And all of our efforts are going in that direction and we just end up unsure. We end up ignoring all of the feedback coming our way. People yelling at us to stop. You're going the wrong direction. And we end up, disappointed in ourselves and the results that end up at some point smacking us in the face in those areas that aren't working because we couldn't see it. We couldn't see it coming. 
And James talks in chapter four of the book of James in the scriptures about this dynamic, about this inner battle and resistance that we put up in these kind of moments. And if you ever want a um, motivational slap in the face, just read the book of James. He just tell it like it is kind of guy. So in James chapter four, starting in verse one, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. How many of you know that every battle that you have out there with someone or something is, is really just an overflow of a battle that's happening right in here? right with inside you. I want healthy friends and relationships, but I got this voice in my head that's saying that I'm the person who screwed things up. And so I'm just gonna sabotage them all before they ever get the chance to actually hurt me. Or I decide I'd rather stick to the fantasy that I don't need people or that I'm all alone, so I start losing in the area of friendships. Or I want to advance at work, but I don't see a path to get it. So what choice do I have? I either give up and blame someone or get cynical or lazy or just point fingers and settle and call it for good. Or if I don't see a path, I lie and cheat my way forward and then just use the fantasy to excuse myself all the way along. So I start losing in my career. How many of you, generally speaking, see yourselves as honest people? Don't answer that. It's, <laughs> it's a setup. There is, there is proven research that every single one of you are going to lie today. Some of you once, but some of you twice. For those, are, those of us who are the best at it, we'll be lying a little more than others every single day. There's this, this battle, this, this incongruency with the reality and the fantasy I prefer, with who I see myself as and the data around me that sometimes contradicts it. Back in James, picking up again in verse two, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. When you're more committed to living the fantasy of seeing yourself a certain way than you are to doing the humbling work of actually having it turn out in reality, you don't know what to ask for because you're not actually in tune with the actual needs that you really have. You can't see them, you don't know them. It's like if I was in a room packed full of people and here I am, over here in this corner, this corner of the room saying, surrounded by people behind me saying, I'm all alone. I'm all alone. Nobody cares about me. Everybody leaves me. I'm the rejected one. God, everybody just always drops off at some point. Here I am, and it's my corner. It's all I can see. It's all I have. I see no other choices until I'm willing to actually turn around to listen to the voices that are behind me, the resources that are backing me, and be willing to consider another perspective outside of my own. 
Because up until now, until this, in this one little corner, this one little area that I can see in my world, my relationships and my finances and my, and my anger, my attitude, my vision, my purpose, I only have this very small slice of information that I'm going on as if it is capital T truth. And there is no other truth out there but my own because I'm unwilling to shift, to turn and to consider what else might be out there because that just feels too dangerous. But that's all I have. Doing the best with what I got because that's all I've got because that's all I see. If there's a corner of my life that I'm determined to see myself a certain way, like competent or godly or in control, the strong one, the loving one, the one who's always loving, the one who's always right. Even the ways that we see ourselves that don't seem like we'd actually want to keep them if we knew that there was something else, but we just feel so comfy and familiar with these ways that we see ourselves like I'm the unworthy one, I'm the dumb one, I'm the ugly one, I'm the screw up, I'm the black sheep, I'm the victim, I'm the shy one. Then you can bet when there's a voice that contradicts the one that you've been feeding yourself, that you've been telling yourself on repeat tape over and over, you've been cultivating, you've been investing in, you've been looking for evidence to prove over sometimes years at a time, you can bet that when another voice, even when that voice is completely for you, you will be in that corner and if they come your way, you will turn around and you will bite back because they are taking away the little bit of scraps that you have right there in your corner that you can see. Or if I do ask for my needs to be met, I ask things that will only further lead me towards the wrong goal. In those moments, I'm asking God to compromise his integrity to be a co-conspirator in this make-believe fantasy that I feel is imperative for my survival, but that he knows will only further limit my choices and keep having me go towards the wrong direction. God will refuse to buy in to our delusions that keep us running towards our insignificant little corners of our smaller selves. And James picking up again in verse four, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he has caused to dwell in us? You, know, you, might, you might hear that and think, like, what? Why is God so rigid? Why is he so controlling? Why does he have to have our attention all the time? But no parent looks at their newborn and thinks, gosh, you know, what I really want is for my child to have such an inflated view of themselves or such a lowly view of themselves that they are so committed to that perspective that they miss out on all of the goodness and all of the dreams and all the possibilities that I have for them in life when they are losing over and over and over again. That's what friendship with the world looks like. 
And as our Father, God, who, who formed us, who created us, who, who knew us when he made us in that moment, and he knows us now better, better than we even know ourselves, he has dreams for us that are bigger than sometimes the things that we're asking for. Not so he can rule over our life and demand allegiance, but because he sees us fully for who we are. And he knows it is only when we tune in with his voice and we turn towards it that we will find life and we will find purpose and we will find the courage to pursue that purpose with every single resource in the universe at our disposal when we're willing to ask for that version of our life. And back in verse six of James four, this is our answer for something new. But God gives us more grace That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Sometimes I think that we're afraid to stop and acknowledge the full reality. Like when you're, when you're blazing forward, running your heart out towards one direction and you're afraid to actually like, what is that sinking feeling in my gut? Like what is that part of me that knows that I'm headed in the wrong direction? You're afraid to actually stop and face the music of what's around you is because you feel like, you're going to get met with condemnation or with shame, or you're going to look the fool. But instead, God just gives us more grace and favor and response. And we, we battle in ourselves, but we have this God who is our coach, who is right near us, not only committed to our win, but he sees the whole court. Like he has the advantage of actually seeing the entire perspective outside of our tiny slice of it. It takes humility to submit your view of yourself to someone else's perspective. I, I pride myself in being a very humble and loving person. It's really funny when you actually, if you can grab hold of whatever your view of yourself is and actually say it out loud, it has a very interesting ring to it. But... There was a moment a few months ago when a friend of mine was sharing about her relationship with her sister, and I had, very, I had a very strong opinion about what I thought that this friend should and shouldn't be doing with her sister. And because I'm such a humble and loving person, and because I'm often right uh, many, many times, I, I uh, was totally blindsided after I shared this strong opinion and I looked at my friend's face and saw that she was completely shut down. And I saw another emotion that I wasn't even sure what it was. I didn't know if it was extreme anger or sadness. And um, I knew that I had done something terribly wrong. But because I was so committed to seeing it myself as loving in that moment when I was sharing that opinion, 
I had no clue. I was so confused. I, I did not even know where I was missing it. Thankfully, she cared enough about me to stick in that conversation and help me see that not only in that moment, but in a whole series of moments leading up to that point, that I, uh, not just with her, but with others, started to see all these ways that I had not been caring for people. Not categorically, nothing's true about us all the time, everywhere, in every moment, right? But in those moments, I wasn't being caring because of my certainty and my control and just my need to be right, superseding my care for people that I couldn't see myself any other way. And it was because of her honest and her specific and her very deep feedback that after hearing it, I, I grieved. I, I mean, I grieved big time. And I grieved in a way that transformed who I was from that point forward. Thankfully, I didn't have to grieve the loss of that friendship because it easily could have ended up that way had she not been willing to stay in it or it could have happened down the road had I not been willing to face the music with her in that moment. Humility is simply this, seeing yourself as God sees you fully and completely, nothing hidden, nothing to protect, nothing to cover up, which leaves only two other possibilities outside of that. Seeing yourself as less than God sees you or seeing yourself as more than God sees you. And that's where pride steals our focus. That's where it happens. And if you see yourself as lower than you actually are, your focus and your energy gets robbed and having to cover up or fight off shame when you're committed to see yourself as the one who's fill in the blank, unworthy, rejected, never chosen, abandoned, a mistake, unlovable, irredeemable. You're working double time for the other team and God's voice will never coach you into becoming smaller. So you can know if you're becoming smaller, you're listening to someone who is not the voice of truth. And each and every one of us were set up with these unique experiences and talents and we were purposed to give that to the world around us. But not all of us are ready or willing to embrace that greatness. Some of us would rather live as this walking apology to the world rather than believe that we have already been given permission to live fully by the God who created it. Or maybe you default towards seeing yourself on the higher end of that spectrum. What was that quote? It's, uh, uh, if you see yourself as two, one of two ways, either highly flattering or pure fantasy, there's just no... <laughs> other option. I'm the strong one. I'm the one who keeps it all together. I'm the faithful one. I'm the dependable one. I'm always loving. I'm always right. I'm always the one who gives. Those all kind of actually sound mostly pretty good, right? Until you're so wrapped up in being that person that you can't see all of the times where you're not being that. You're blinded to the times you're not loving 
where you do need other people's help, where you are weak, where you are broken, where you do have needs too. And maybe your version of arrogance is just telling God, thanks, but no thanks, got this. Or maybe because you see yourself so highly, you automatically see people around you as more low. So then you're looking the creator of the universe in the face and looking a father in the eyes and saying, I'm sorry, your child over there is not worthy of my forgiveness. I'm sorry that your child over there is not worthy of my sacrifice. I'm sorry that my standards are higher than the ones that Jesus set for me. Both... Both polarized extremes, the higher and the lesser views are inaccurate about who you are. Both are at odds with how God sees you and both will lead to disappointing loss no matter how hard you work to keep it in place. And facing that reality does not always feel good. It can bring on grieving and a mourning of who you thought you were in that moment or a grieving of the impact of the wake maybe that you've left behind you. But the grief that comes with acknowledging the reality around you and actually being willing to look at the data, hear the feedback, hear the voices, check in with people that you say you care about, the grief that comes with that sobering reality is far more healing and beautiful and leads to way more hope and possibilities than choosing to ignore la, 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 like all the voices, the blur of people telling you to turn around, choosing the fantasy that will only lead to regret. Humility is our answer. Seeing ourselves as God sees us, wholly, accurately, completely, not more, not less, both in need of a savior and born out of God's greatness for greatness. And Jesus spelled out this path to humility to us with his life. Philippians 2, this is how it's done, y'all. Philippians 2, starting in verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Now Jesus was able to humble himself even to the point of death on a cross, only to be elevated above every name in all of eternity because of humility. It was humility that allowed him to stay clear about who he was in that time because he embraced the full reality. He knew that he was equal to God himself and he knew he was purposed to be slave for all. 
even in choosing the lowest possible posture he could take on earth, he never took on this perception that who he actually was as a person was so low that he couldn't grasp the greatness that he was called to. And on the flip side, while he knew that he himself was God, he could still choose to submit his own comforts, his own preferences, and not get caught up in thoughts of being better than the people that he was meant to come and actually be a part of reaching. It was his, his humility that paved the way for the most powerful act of choosing that the world has ever known, a purpose that will ring into eternity and that impacts billions of lives down to the people in this room and the people who are listening. And when you see yourself as God sees you, you're no longer striving, you're no longer covering up or spending all of your energy overcoming shame or keeping up the fantasy. Your energy is now completely freed up to see who you are. You are a saint and you are a sinner. You are a glorious creation that is badly in need of a savior. That is actually what winning feels like. Man, it feels good. It feels good to be seen. It feels good to not carry secrets. It feels good to not have to cover up. A lot of my energy, a lot of my energy in the past has been wasted, wasted. I have this story. <laughs> One time when I was in college, I used to clean houses for, for years and I got this new client. She was referred to me by someone else. And she's this wild old woman in her 80s named Margo. Gosh, Margo, I don't know if you're still around, but God bless you if you are. This woman did not give a flip about what anyone thought about her, but not in the bad way, not in the, not in the way of uh, I do what I want, but in the way of like, I love the world. And I love people and all my energy goes in to that and into being who I was made to be. First time I walked in her door, door was open. Painters, different people walking around just doing stuff in the house. So I just let myself in and Margot, butt naked. Is that how you say it? Butt naked, buck naked. Jumps out. I'm not ready yet. Totally naked 80-year-old body. I never, to this day, I will never get that image out of my mind. But I got to know her, the real her. And uh, I just, I had this thought to myself when I was in my 20s, when I met her. God, I hope I'm not 80 years old before I'm free. Man, I hope. I hope that I can have the kind of freedom that she has. I hope that love matters more to me than what other people think. I hope that I can have a vision that owns me more than the pain that it takes to actually go through the transformation to have it happen. I hope, I hope that I can actually lay down my pride and lay down my need for approval, lay down my need to seek attention, lay down my need to be right, just 
to actually sit and rest in the complete freedom of being seen, totally seen, (laughs) naked in every sense of the word, just joyful. That is what winning feels like when your energy is not getting robbed day after day towards the things that do not matter. They don't matter. They do not matter. God sees all of you and he still chooses you. He still chooses you and he has a bigger purpose and a bigger dream beyond that corner. Stop holding so tight to the things that are so insignificant and be willing to actually turn and face the grieving so that you can move through that towards the healing and the purpose that is coming your way. When you can hear all the feedback, it's kind of interesting. When you're in a place of humility, feedback, I don't know that I'll ever be in a place where feedback doesn't sting a little. I'm kind of a, a little masochistic in the way that I love. I'm like, give me some feedback. Tell me what I did wrong. But I think that it'll always sting a little and that's all right. I don't think that that means it's bad or that you're not there yet. I just think it's part of human. But when you see yourself starting to relate to feedback neutral, where it's coming your way, or you see the data, you see people start go missing, or they go silent on you, or they, they verbally tell you, or something's, something's off, you know, and you just feel that God, oh, like God's got something more for me. It's okay to stop and listen to it and practice your way into hearing feedback. We could all use a dose of humility. Like just like, all right, guess this is my turn to have some more humility. Let me just try this on a little bit. Let me just try it on. See what this humility feels like for a minute. Get on a new jacket, wiggle around in that feedback. Hmm, interesting. Like you don't have to hold feedback like it's right here. Like it's part of you. You can hold it out. You can still hold it. Just, just hold it out away from your chest, away from who you are, as if it means something about you, as if it means something about your identity. Just look at it. Hmm, interesting. Ah, that's interesting. How curious. I wonder if that could be true. If it were true, how could it be true? It's amazing what you can learn when you have a posture of curiosity and actually seeing the people around you and hearing them. And you can see the ugly, see the beautiful. You are freed up to be who you were actually created to be. Just just settle in your seat for a moment, wherever you are here, you're at home, listening, wherever you're at, just kind of settle into your chair a little bit. And just take a, just take a deep breath with me for a minute, a minute, just full deep breath. Just close your eyes for a moment. I invite you to do that. So many of us are trying to make sense of things, trying to make sense of who we are, who we're called to be, trying to figure out why certain areas of our life aren't working. But sometimes we're just measuring our success by the wrong goal. And imagine 
if so much of your energy that's been stolen by having to protect certain ways that you see yourself or how the world sees you was suddenly freed up to live your purpose. If the focus of having to cover up or fight shame or keep striving was now released into the hands of the God who sees it all and is still for you. Just let yourself for one second, just rest in that power of being fully seen and fully known. It can only be known when you're seen and when you let yourself be seen but it will awaken an integrity inside you that who you are on the inside is completely integrated with who you are on the outside. And there's courage that comes from integrity because when you're chosen, you are freed up to now live your purpose. And if you're unfamiliar with God's voice, the one that's been nudging you or bugging you or coaching you to turn around towards being seen, towards freedom and purpose, today is your day. Today is your day to see a whole new world of choices that all lead to life through Jesus. Maybe you've never made a focused commitment to surrender your perspective, your limited view to Jesus, and you're ready to trust a bigger picture that he actually has for your life and always has. It's always been there. It's always been ready for the taking. But maybe today's the day you actually grab it. And if that's you, for the first time with Jesus or for the first time in a long time and you say, I really want that freedom today. I really want it. I really want to be seen. If that's you, if you're here in person, just raise your hand high. If you want that freedom, if you want something new, if you're online, if you're online and you want something new, if you want that freedom for Jesus, with Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time, just write Jesus in the comment section or click that, click that button that says, I choose Jesus. Anyone else? I see you. Anyone else? Anyone else want that freedom today in a new way? It's awesome, awesome. See you too. Just pray this prayer with me. It's, there's no perfect words when you're talking to God. It's just straight from the heart. It's just a conversation with God. And it sounds something like this. Jesus, I surrender the limited view of who I am completely and fully to you and to the greatest version that you've called me to be. I give you all of my brokenness and all of my sin. And I give you all of my hopes and dreams and I trust you with those. And I ask that you would make freedom 
and purpose, my reality today. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.